What is even up? It's your boy Crabman here with my boy Hackenstein. Hi, hi. Again, kind of in person, at least for us. <laughs> uh, welcome to the hypnotic hoot out, is the name of the show. <laughs> How are you doing? <laughs> I'm doing fine, I guess. I'm a little bit annoyed. My, my day started, so I got a new, new mattress. Mm-hmm. Um, a week ago, I think, well, I ordered one by uh, Emma. Emma One was the mattress order website, I guess. So they they supposedly they're good. Stiftowar uh, test said they are the best one. So yeah, I ordered one. I needed a new mattress, so I ordered uh, one eighty centimeters times two. So. Mm-hmm. Meters, um, and they sent me a two by two meter um, mattress, medium softness. So it's okay, it's two by two, but it doesn't really fit into the bed. (laughs) It was a bit of a downer, Um, but we tried it, and then I thought, like, maybe I'll keep it because of you know. All the resources we would like um, waste by sending it back, all the sure, sure. package material, and also I don't know, maybe they will destroy the mattress. I don't know if they take it back and resell it or whatever happens to the mattresses. But um, after a couple of days sleeping on it, I felt like the medium is too soft and I needed a hard one, and I really was pissed that it's not really <laughs> fitting. So yeah. okay, I decided well. Let's do that. I, I usually never do that. I just get used to the stuff I get. Mm. Um, but this one was fucking expensive. So <laughs> let's let's do it. Let's uh, exchange. So I did it over Amazon. Mm-hmm. I said, um, so my father um, did it, but he, he made a um, purchase. A purchase, right? So I told him that he has to uh, get the retour. Mm-hmm. And... When he did it online, they sent him the message that it will be uh, it will be someone coming over to my place the next day. <laughs> Getting a mattress, sure. Um, I had to print something, and we don't have a printer. And he would be coming between eight a.m. and six p.m. Sure. So yeah, I had to get up in the morning. <laughs> Drive to the to, to the nearest uh, printer, uh, get the thing printed out. Obviously, uh, the the guy came around like late four or five sure. evening, and then then I, I showed him what he had to get, like two by two mattress, like a fat one. And he was like, "Okay, I'm coming back at the end of the day. I will come back. Don't be afraid." But I can't fit it in right now. Mm. Uh, so he did, and then we had to spend the night on the guest mattress for um until today when we got the new one mm-hmm. and the new one it's also two by two no it's too small <laughs> it's, one, it's 140 140 by two meters it's it's 40 uh, centimeters too short mm-hmm. and it wasn't in, in the sort of the packaging mm-hmm. said the right number so they must have put in the, the wrong mattress and i sent an angry complaint And hopefully we'll get to keep that one and get a new one. That's my hope. I mean, 
that's the second time. And I'm not sure if I want to go through all that process again, mm. just in the hopes that this time it will be the right mattress. Yeah. <sighs> but uh, yeah, I woke up to the, the mailman bringing my new mattress, all happy, and then uh, un unwrapping it and going, oh no, the whole thing will have to start again. <laughs> So yeah, it was an annoying start. And I'm really, when I get pissed in the morning, I stay pissed for the <laughs> whole day. Sure, sure, sure. It, it takes some time. I, I feel better now here, so not getting away from the mattress because <laughs> it's standing in my room. <laughs> it annoys me. Like, ah, first world problems for sure, but <laughs> still annoying. How about you? I wish I had a two by two mattress. I only have the 140 and it is, well, it's fine for me, but yeah, now that I'm separated from my wife by oceans, <laughs> um, but yeah, no, sleeping together in a 140 bed, you know, the weird thing is I used to, like in my first relationship that lasted like seven, eight years, we used to share like a normal what is that? How wide is that usually? 120, I think. Really? I'm very bad with... Isn't yeah. it like 90 or something? I'm pretty bad with Wait, let me numbers too. Tell a funny story while I get my measuring stick. Okay. <laughs> so, um, yeah, for all you guys who joined us expecting us to talk about video games, I'm sorry, it's mattresses for today. Um, but... This is 90. Is it no, visible? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, I think it was a 90. This looks about like this. That's a normal mattress, isn't it? Uh, nah. Are you sure? Yeah, I think it's what it's, it's 120. Isn't 2x2 two two like twice the... like like two mattresses? I don't know. It's pretty big. I, th I thought it was too big for two people even. I mean, it's nice. You can sleep with three people on that or like two people who don't like each other. That That's fine too because you can just roll around and you will not touch your partner. But if you are in a relationship and you like touching your partner at night too, then it's a bit too far because you can't reach them. <laughs> yeah, I, I will never have that problem because even when we have a two by two, my wife is going to sleep like... Like right next, I will be at the corner and she will be right behind me. Oh, I can't it's get it. Uh, no, <laughs> it won't work for me. She, she will get a rude awakening in the middle of the night. I need I need the space to breathe. Yeah, I, I don't like... Um, like when I turn around, I don't like touching someone because I feel like I'm waking them up. Mm. Like if I turn around and I do this or something, I'm like, ooh! <laughs> So I'm always like like sleeping like against the wall like this, which is like in the middle of the bed. Whoops! <laughs> oh, I spilled my glass. You wanna put a towel on it? Towel on it. Yes. And that's the guitar. Wow. Okay. What a. It's just a matter a of time until the microphone goes and the camera falls <laughs> as well. Ah well. It's just water. I can give you. I have enough water. I can refill it. It's. I still have a sip left. Yeah, I will we, let you know. Yeah, we'll refill it when you are ready to drink it. Yeah, that's that's the punishment because I was laughing at my wife. 
Alright. <laughs> um, but yeah, now a huge bed, that is something I look forward to. Mm. I see this, I saw this like a... What was it called? I feel like something like Alaskan king size or something. It was all like a double king or something like that. I think queen size is the biggest. The king is the biggest. But well, I think there's... Queen size is bigger than king. But... Let's see. I looked it, that up it really because, doesn't matter. Yes. Now, if it, there's a double king. I saw that. And it looks gigantic. And I want it. Mm. Why? I mean... Space. I like space. I like but space you while sleeping. Yeah, but you will only have the space when you're sleeping. And you will be lacking the space when you're... Not sleeping, not you in your sleep bed. A third of your life, so it may true. as well be. <laughs> but two thirds nice. you're in your room, <laughs> so. Well, not this room, obviously. It's uh, although maybe I don't care. Well, it could could fit, but then yeah, would be tough. Yeah, well, nobody can see what we're talking about, so maybe it's. Yeah, I have a small room, is what I'm saying for now, because we don't have money. So uh, it's it's not too small of a room. It's a small apartment. Yeah. Yeah, because it is the, a one-room room apartment. Is <laughs> it's synonymous. <laughs> um, yeah, so, hmm. Hmm. so that's the mattress talk, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> Tune in next week. <laughs> yes. Oh, actually, there will be updates, so they actually can. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Hopefully. Hopefully. I'm not sure if I'm going to send it in. I'm really... I mean, I will send it back. I, I don't need like a 140 mattress. It's just mm. for two people. It's just not enough. Agreed. But uh, the hard one feels a lot better. And I've heard like the German German people usually get the hard one from them and um, American the soft one. <laughs> and the rest of the world in between. I don't know. Yeah, no, I don't. I don't like soft beds either. If I feel like I'm getting sore just by yeah. how. Yeah, you, you do. And there's actually, there, there's a, um, there's a function of how, how heavy you are mm -hmm. and how soft the bed should be. Okay. And I can't remember <laughs> what, what direction it went, but uh, yeah, you need to, to find the right mattress for your body. I type. see. Yeah. And obviously your preferences. And uh, I mean, the medium one was, was fine, but it was slightly too soft and now the the guest mattress it's just i've i've <laughs> my, my shoulder hurts and i'm and i'm thinking it's because of the mattress mm, probably mm. i think my sister did that once like with proper calculations and everything like mm. super expensive thing she's happy with it so yeah okay well, super expensive and, yeah for 450 bucks mm. It's ridiculous, but I thought like I would put that much money into graphics cards, so maybe I should. Yeah, I think my TV costs that much, and I guess yeah. that's less useful than a mattress. Exactly. All things considered. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> and also starts falling apart much sooner. I've had this mattress way longer than I had this thing, and that's already starting to not start up again. Oh, that's not um, good. Sometimes when it's cold, it doesn't start. Mm. Anyway, I don't know what's wrong. I wrote, I wrote so many supports over the past six years. So many companies, I have not heard back from a single one. I have no idea what's going on. Hmm. Uh, about about the TV? About the TV, about itch, about Patreon, probably a couple other things too. I wrote a couple of embassies because hmm. I want to kind of see my wife again. Nobody's answering. 
at this point I am concerned if it's my if my email yeah, doesn't work but the spam is getting through so I guess it works <laughs> wow that's, that's rude is what it is yeah I mean I had that for a while like uh, I remember back in the day when we were all on, on bulletin boards mm. on the internet that uh, and chat rooms of course that my message nobody answered to my messages <laughs> it was really doubting if they are sent if only I can see them it felt like the the worst thing but yeah there use there is a plugin actually for that sort of thing that uh, came out during the whole gamergate annoyances uh, someone wrote a plugin for a comment section that only saves right. your own right. comments so that it's that you just see your own comments there nobody else's yeah. and then it's like oh so you're not gonna respond to me and stuff and it never reaches the person <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's that's <laughs> a good idea. Yeah, and then, uh, I guess you can get like shadow banned and stuff, and you will never know. So if you on Reddit, for example, you can oh, be sure, shadow sure. banned, and then you can um, comment, and nobody else will see it. Sure. And you never realize, except if you log out of your account and um, watch from the outside. So pretty easy to find out, to be honest. So I'm just eyeing the statistics a bit. So there was ten minutes of mattress talk. We got one more viewer who left again, <laughs> Oops. Uh, but one more follower. That's interesting. Well, it's coming back maybe, for next week. <laughs> or maybe they really want to say something about mattresses and are just waiting for the 10 minutes to be up. <laughs> that's, that's good. Yeah, because um, we've been getting like more random people over the past couple One, two, three. Over the past couple of weeks. And... Um, well, which not, is fine. <laughs> yes, sure. We want more people, uh, but exactly. preferably yeah. pleasant people. Yeah. They haven't been so um, so that we have to keep less uh, less on an, of an eye on the chat and stuff. Hmm. I mean, I put up some rules as well, you know, for people to behave and whatever. But nobody reads that, so I guess hmm. this will do. I mean, usually we only talk to the people who. Well, I mean, not because. We're stompish about it, but because that's the only people watching it who have been following us for a while, so that should be fine. <laughs> yes, our snobbishness has nothing to do with this. That's, that's just a feature. Um, yes, so I guess if, you, if you're waiting just to get that thoughts on the mattress out, you know, <laughs> even if we move on now, yeah. please go for it. We will come back to that. <laughs> Let me just uh, mute my phone. Sure. Because I feel a, a call from my mother coming in. <laughs> sure. So yeah, um, for me, this week uh, was an interesting one. I took the week completely off. Uh, everything, basically unplugged completely. I did not... I mean, I had an emergency backup phone in case someone I was really needed with work or if there was a problem with my family or something, but um, yeah, I put that away just in, uh, wait, what is Wendis saying? Hey, Wendis Hill. He's just uh, here for a short time. Uh, see. He has a meeting and he just wanted to say hi. Ah, hey. that's nice. <laughs> so we don't have to wait for a mattress comment. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. I wonder though if the one person who just came by quickly threw us a follow anyway, maybe this this restriction is making people like, okay, 
No, I follow because I want to say something, but actually it's boring, so they take right. off again. So they, they can't harass us, then they follow us, and then they go out, wait 10 minutes and come back in, maybe? I guess we'll see. But maybe they get bored in the meantime and find something else to bother. As long as we get the follows up, I guess. So anyway, yes, so I unplugged this week. Um, so no phone, no computer, no TV, no internet at all, actually, no music. Didn't no even listen music. to music. Nope. Wow. I did not do, not use anything, basically. Which was an adventure because I had to go shopping for some, uh, you know, more exotic ingredients. What do you call that? Exotic sounds so loaded. Anyway, so basically I was looking for some um, specialty items for cooking some Mexican food. Puerco Pibir. So I needed some banana leaves and habaneros and achiote seeds and um, yeah trying I mean I know we have um, a kind of specialty item store in the city uh, above an Asian restaurant um, I don't know what it's called well it's mm. an Asian supermarket basically and oh. but they didn't have everything and I didn't have my phone because you know, didn't use it, it just went, and so I just ran through the city finding the stuff. So that was an interesting adventure. Did you feel weird to have your phone with you? Not really, actually. Because so many people tell, tell say that they have like like phone anxiety, that if they don't have their, their phone on them or if they go out. I think it's mostly like stand-up comedians proclaiming that, <laughs> don't you know the feeling when you go out and your phone is missing? Oh my God! I mean, like, I no. probably would have that. <laughs> I leave my phone all the time. I forget it. I'm just like, oh, okay, wow. I mean, I do text a lot. That's like my main means of staying in touch with people. Hmm. But knowing that they were aware, I mean, they weren't, weren't texting me anyway, hmm. it was fine. And it was actually kind of nice. Like to just, just kind of go. As usually, like I'm trying to time the tram properly. That I don't have to wait much. Yeah. And, all kinds of stuff, you know, and with this, I just started going, waiting five minutes is not an issue, and then just figuring it out, you know, kind of trying to firstly remember all the um, specialty stores that I know, and then um, just running around trying to see what I can find, and it was kind of kind of an adventure, especially also because I had nothing else to do. So <laughs> That's why this is an adventure. Yeah. Well, it, you, start, you start going into the unknown, you cross the threshold, <laughs> you meet the goddess and return, having changed. And you pay the price. Even. And you, you bring something back. Yes. It changes your world. Mm -hmm. And I literally paid the price for it, which was <laughs> a little bit too steep in my opinion for one habanero I pay. Well, they only had it in like small packs with three other chilies. You pay like 150 for that, and I was like, oh, that's that's ridiculous. But I bought it mm. anyway because I needed three. Because the so, recipe says so. Yes, I mean, it's uh, five pounds of pork, so. But now, now it's too spicy, you said. Maybe no. too spicy. That's just... I was just in case you don't like spice. I was ah, just saying. Yeah, we will be eating that after the show. It's, it's slow cooking right now. I'd be excited. <laughs> Yes, so, anywho, so that was my week, going completely offline. I was playing with my Legos, which uh, maybe I'll show off next week. Um, 
Well, the reason for doing this is I kind of noticed over the past weeks and months that I'm just kind of perpetually exhausted. And we talked a bit about burnout mm. last time, and I guess we talked about um, kind of the, the, the weight of the doom scrolling and everything. And I did kind of notice that I started to not being able to calm down at all mm. um, in a way that I couldn't sleep anymore. Like, I didn't feel actively anxious most of the time. But I noticed it in that I couldn't sit still, um, that I couldn't do just one thing, that there was always, you know, there's always a pressure to, hmm. I don't know, do something else or throw some show on in the background or yeah. whatever. That I could barely read even because I was too distracted to like look at the page. And yeah, so I figured I need some like proper time off, not just from... You know, I have uh, blocked the social media on my phone and my PC, but it didn't really work. <laughs> um, and it be, didn't help. Before you, you get to your week, uh, I want to say that, that I totally feel that. that that's exactly how I, I feel like most of the time. And for me, in the last week, I, I realized that I have like a feeling that there are like fires burning everywhere. Mm -hmm. And I have to extinguish the fires. So there's always like everything is a problem that has to be solved right now. Yeah. And like sitting down and even even relaxing is a problem. This is not something I do to to really just do nothing, mm. but this is a task I have to do to function, to be productive. I have to relax and obviously <laughs> then that doesn't work and yeah, reading reading is hard. I think reading is really hard. I, I get to like like one um, what's that capital chapter chapter, and then I have then I usually start start doing something else, mm. and I start like I started working with um, podcasts on because it just feels like you're being more productive. You're doing more, and then I can't really code anything. Nothing complicated, but because there's some voices droning on in the background and I kind of want to hear what they are saying and then they, I don't really hear and I need to go back and then I think like, oh, this podcast is really not really the right thing now and I pause it to uh, listen to it later and then I start a YouTube video and <laughs> you can now put that uh, in Firefox, you can put the video out and mm -hmm. on the second screen where my coding stuff is and then I see it there and it's just... <laughs> Yeah, it feels like something is missing. So, yeah, I'm really interested to hear how your week mm. went. I will tell you about it just quickly. There was a person waiting for the 10-minute <laughs> band to lift. Hello from South Korea, they hey. say. And we're saying hello to South Korea. <laughs> do, you, do we, like, when you say South Korea, is this like a random find or do we know each other? Because I have been and I have a bunch of friends there. I'm not sure. No, I don't recognize the name. Beluga, 2046. 2046, 2048 was the late run, runner, right? Uh, that was 49. Uh, 2046 is a movie by Wong Kar Wai, which is kind of the sequel to In the Mood for Love. Hmm. Which you know. Yes. 
And yes, there's a sequel to it that is kind of sci-fi. Are you surprised that I remember the movie? <laughs> kind of. Yeah, I just saw a, a Movies <laughs> with Mikey uh, episode of... <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. So um, I was like, do I know that? Then <laughs> I was like, all oh, right, I remember. Mm, it's a, it's a really good movie. Really relaxing, cool, atmospheric movie. Mm. Mm. Um, anyway. Yes, anyway. So... My week, my week of zero electronics, zero contact with other people, uh, besides walking through the city. And, well, reading worked again. Uh, I did a lot of that, actually. I've been reading yes. Stephen King's It, which oh, I'm enjoying yes. the hell out of. I mean, it is a little bit... I haven't gotten to the part yet. Hmm. Do you know what I mean? No. <laughs> Have you read it? No, I've oh. only seen the movies. Yeah, so there's a thing that is never mentioned anywhere, that is never in the movies. Oh, um, cool. Don't, don't spoil it. I okay. shall not. And, you know, if you ever read it and get to it, you you know what it, when it comes, because it is, it is just not doable in any sense. Okay. <laughs> um, and I'm looking forward to that, but uh, mostly I'm just enjoying... The writing. I'm trying to process it more as a writer because mm. um, I have uh, read this when I was like 10, 11 for the last time. And um, it's just fascinating how he writes. Mm. The the way he builds character, how like, the way he describes things. Because obviously Stephen King can describe anything in excruciating detail and make it interesting. But the way he chooses to do that is also very exciting. So that was cool. Um, as I played with my Legos, and I thought this was going to be very relaxing. <laughs> it was not, because it turns out um, when the distractions stop, the thoughts can just flow freely. And so basically, my mind has been running on overdrive for weeks straight. I've been trying to meditate, I've been trying to do my breathing exercises, um, you know, just this kind of focusing technique of counting your breaths, you know, one in, two out, and by the time you start over, that kind of helps me, guess when I'm less agitated, to kind of root myself in the now, um, mm. because, uh, well, anxiety is worrying about the past or the future, and counting breaths helps with rooting you in the now, where you actually fine. Like right now, I'm fine, and I don't need to worry about tomorrow, I'm okay right now. When the problem comes, I can solve it then. And that did not work at all. So I was basically obsessively thinking in circles for quite a while. Um, and well, there's a couple of things that uh, came to mind basically there that I kind of, no, two of them. I want to talk about uh, a little bit because I think they are sort of relevant to the sort of things we do um, or like at least what we've been talking about things that we feel are important um, mm. and one of them has been so I've been kind of going through my old boxes you know having dug out the Legos and um, kind of looking for some things. Uh, I discovered some old, um, some old, well, not letters, 
Okay, so when I was in high school, I was dating someone and for a long time, and she had, you know, written at some point, kind of, sort of like a diary, I guess, but like of vacations and stuff, um, and letters and things. I had collected them, and it was a gift uh, at some point. And so I thought, hey, I haven't seen that in, you know, what has that been? 18 years? <laughs> 17 years? Mm. something like that or maybe 16 and it was a long time ago yeah. and so so I looked through that it was fun to kind of read the accounts of the, like, the vacations that we did and um, suddenly <laughs> I hit upon a An incredibly racist line. <laughs> and now I feel this is not unheard at all because I recognize this absolutely. That's 100% me. Like that's something that she repeated that I said. You know? Okay. And so the situation was basically we were, we were in Italy and. Um, we were, yeah, we were vacationing there, um, I think, when we were 18, 19, something like that. And uh, we were, like, in a resort or something, off-season. It must have been because it was ridiculously cheap. And when we got there, it was, like, luxurious as hell. Mm -hmm. And, like, a golf resort. <laughs> Ridiculous. <Nice. laughs> um, and they also had, like sauna and pools indoor pools and all kinds of shit whirlpools you know and um so we were uh alone in that pool we were sitting in a whirlpool and um harry potter six had just come out and we had just read that and i remember sitting in that pool being distraught and thinking dumbledore can't be dead uh, spoiler by the way in case you haven't seen that man i wanted to watch the movie come out. <laughs> have you not read the books yeah, of course I have. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I've seen the movies too. Yeah, I'm rewatching it at the, at the time. Yes, I was like, Dumbledore isn't dead. It's impossible. There's gonna there's some trick to that. And then I was like and she was laughing at me because she caught me like staring off into the distance, like all <laughs> distraught. But anyway, so a black woman came in and was swimming in a pool for a bit and then took off again. I had forgotten about this. And I don't remember the details, I just remember because she mentioned it in the thing. And it was also that we were sitting there and the alarm went off, like a fire alarm. Okay. And we were just... Hmm. Well, we are... We're in water. <laughs> <laughs> What's the worst that could happen? <laughs> um, and... And so she wrote, you know, like, ah, oh, this vacation was so great. Do you remember when we were, you know, in the pool alone and the fire alarm went off? Or when that black woman came in and, as is typical for them, felt watched because of the color of her skin. And... And this, well, I read that and obviously, it's like, what the... F <laughs> And then, you know, then the memory of that came back and then absolutely, that's what I'm saying, this is not on her at all. This is me. Uh, because I rem this is actually one of those things that I, when I talk about what a useless asshole I've been, um, this is something that I think about, not that situation, but those thoughts. Hmm. Um, I actually 
I'm thinking of a different situation where I was standing you know, at the tram stop and there was a black kid and you know, I felt uncomfortable because I felt he felt uncomfortable and I was like, oh, okay, he feels uncomfortable because he thinks I may be racist. Now I'm uncomfortable because he's uncomfortable. And actually, you know, I, that was like my, my woke thought at the mm -hmm. time um, that actually racism is kind of over because the generation that was racist is dying out. You know, the young generation is coming like me who are not racist at all. Uh, and so nice. <laughs> and yes, and if... And now, basically, all that needs to happen is that they realize that yeah, the black people realize that we're not racist anymore, and yeah. then all the problems are solved. Oh, yeah. that that's the mindset of so many people right now. <laughs> and like, so I know I was thinking that. Hmm. I also even remember where I get the idea. Um, I was watching some videos back then about like. I think it was Resident Evil 4, maybe? The one with the... In Africa? Yeah. And and someone actually said that. Um, like I don't want to call them out because they get enough shit as is, but uh, and I'm sure over the last yeah 16 years, some opinions have changed. Also a white boy, of course. Um, so, and I was like, hey, that's actually kind of a... An interesting thought yes the new generation is actually you know we are we're good people mm. we don't believe in this stuff we're not racist we're not you know sexist we're not homophobes all this stuff you know we're cool so all we need to wait for is like for the old generation like the old people you know mm. like the ones in their 60s those are the ones that are racist you know and they're gonna die out and then everything's gonna be fine yeah. and so i remember having these thoughts i don't remember like passing them on and that's kind of what really shook me in a way to uh, see her because she, i don't i mean obviously i wouldn't know if i thought that was an okay thought at the time i would not mm. know if she had racist views in any way mm. but i don't remember her like saying anything detrimental about anybody else ever mm. like so so this is what something where i 100 percent you know mm. made another person worse made another made the world worse and i'm i, mean, I know that she does not think this anymore either i know that she also does mm. the work and that she educates herself and educates the people around her has, has these awkward conversations with friends and family so um whatever you know i put out in the world and mm. i mean this is like okay so this is one person but suddenly i have a black and white yeah, what yeah. i did how yeah. many people have i influenced with shitty opinions where i thought i had none um along the way you know and that really I don't know, it's something else uh, to be just stupid and to just think of myself, oh, I had used to have dumb opinions, then I learned and I'm trying to do better now. And I spread dumb ideas, you know, maybe to people who did not learn better, who maybe mm. this got worse somehow. You know, where so I it's sometimes difficult to think of how my contribution in this big in the big scheme of things is. With these mm. things because it feels like i'm just one person what can i really do so i had a dumb opinion that didn't really affect anyone because i didn't personally kill anyone and i didn't personally mm. harass which is not <sighs> it's just usually at the point i mean i guess it's kind of like with corona it doesn't really it doesn't really matter if you personally kill someone you can kill someone just by spreading it to someone who spreads it to someone who spreads it to someone you know you still kind of there's still kind of a collective responsibility um with these things uh, because we don't exist in a vacuum and yeah. I can't just be by myself sitting there with dumb opinions and 
and just the sense of entitlement with that like the other person needs to get over it so i'm less the other person has to be comfortable with me so i can be comfortable like it's their problem that i am uncomfortable they are to blame it's very similar to like um you know the nice guy tm thinking mm. that i used to have of oh i noticed the woman you know feels like maybe i'm just being nice so i can sleep with her if she would just relax you know then we could get you know and could, we could become real friends and would see how great I am so I could sleep with her. You know, like that, that weird back-ass-words logic. But it's just, it's just the last step that, that's, that's off, right? Because I often feel like, like walking back at home at night, for example, and someone, some woman is in front of me walking and I, and I think that she thinks mm -hmm. that I might be following her. Mm -hmm. So I just... Instead of thinking like, okay, now she has to get over it, I think like, okay, let's just walk a little bit slower. <laughs> so it's just the last step that that, that went off here. I, I feel because because uh, look, she probably feels like she's been um, like like white people are looking at her because she has another skin color mm -hmm. is the right thought, right? But then you went defensive and thought, yes. So well, I would that's... call it the middle step. Basically, the second step is wrong. The first assumption is probably right. Yeah. Or even if it's not, it's something it's like... that is something you can be sensitive to. Yeah. I mean, I also like cross the street or something when I walk behind a woman. So mm. I'm not you know, directly behind her or something. Whether yeah. she thinks that or not, because I just know that's a thing. Yeah. And But I'm not in that moment thinking, okay, now I'm uncomfortable that I'm behind this woman, so she really needs to get open. And that, <laughs> that sense of entitlement, like, oh, cater to me. She has to <laughs> walk a little bit faster. <laughs> Catching up to her. It's, yeah. And that just that just really pisses me off. And like seeing mm. that, and even if this is a long time ago, and mm. just really that threw me for a loop. And yeah, you're really ruthless with yourself sometimes like that. And I really think you have to be. I've also been thinking about that a lot. Like that, like I was really mad at myself. And I still am. I am actually furious at myself. I wish I could go back those 16 years and just slap myself in the face. <laughs> um, and I mean, I said this before, right? That these, uh, these bigoted things, that they piss me off so much because I do them too. Or like mm. I've done them. I hate this about myself. I hate this in other people mm. too. I think that, that that's just to to check like th this is the correct emotion, right? Mm. That's why we get angry, so we change stuff. So that's good, but but yeah. And so I was thinking, like maybe I have not been angry enough at myself, and maybe that is what I was talking about. What bothers me about the way white people show up to these demonstrations and stuff you know with the um ah hmm. oh, racism is bad like mm -hmm. wow there's a new sentiment but that i'd rather have people show up with i'm the problem and that i would much rather see people talk about that more um because i've also been over the past you know since it's been going on for the last two months or what it was um, i see so many white people engage with this in a way that is that I think is like hot in the right place and not even that there's anything wrong with it but that just is so focused on I am 
woke now kind of a thing. Like I see a lot of, I can't believe that in the year 2020, we still don't get this and stuff like that, you know, kind of being outraged about all these things, hmm. but never really talking about how we contribute to it. And yeah, more being outraged that this is still a thing. Like, this is so annoying. <laughs> Man, like, I can't this stuff. Yes, which is, f yeah, I'm also very angry about it. And I do that too, obviously. Um, but that there's so little talk about how we came to understand this. Like, it feels, it is, it is absolutely correct what these people are saying. It is outrageous that this is still a problem. Even just, you know, explaining the problems. All of that stuff is okay, that's good. And then I guess um, sometimes it's needed that white people repeat what black people are saying all the time so that other white people listen. Mm. Um, but what I'm really missing in this thing is just, like, how am I part of the problem? Because all this says is, like, I know this stuff. I know that this is bad. I know how these things mm. work. And I'm explaining it to you. So I'm coming from a position of wokeness. And as I said, I do this all the time. And um, I'm kind of thinking maybe we shouldn't be so... I mean, I guess that's sort of what virtue signaling kind of refers to. I mean, obviously, that term has been cooked up by the alt-right to kind of disparage any kind of, uh, you know, sticking up for people. Um, but... There is a certain element to it, I feel, that is performative, which, yeah, this is just a thing I've been annoyed about just since about forever. But um, I'm not even sure if, if it's performative in the sense of that you, yeah, okay, yeah, sure, you want to, to display it to the world, but I think you want to, it's, it's even defensive a little bit. Like, I, mean, I am not part of it. That's even more annoying when it yeah. becomes that. Um, but I mean, even the really I guess earnest that they stuff. Won't, they won't go on the street. <laughs> I mean, like, even the really earnest stuff that is just, you know, explaining these things, going through them, um, mm. I guess in, in many ways how we tend to do. I mean, I guess we talk about news and, mm. I don't know, but, uh, and we do talk a lot about how dumb we are, <laughs> but uh, well, <laughs> maybe it needs that, to be that's more. That's what we are experts <laughs> on. <laughs> yes. Um, and you're nearly out of the frame again, oh. by the way. <laughs> while I do my thinky poses wandering around. Um, yeah. Well, but basically, you know, I do take some pride in where I am today. And I almost feel like I shouldn't because that kind of, to me, suggests that I'm doing something... That I'm doing something. Yeah. <laughs> when really what I'm doing is stopping to do harm. And I don't feel like I should be proud of not doing harm. I feel like that's like the minimum. Yeah, but I think pride in that case has another uh, function. It's more, or maybe it's not more, but, but it protects you from feeling ashamed if you get like in a, in a friend circle who doesn't think your way. Mm -hmm. Then you can be still be proud to tell them what's wrong about it and not feel like ashamed that you thought for a minute like... Uh, Racism isn't over. <laughs> but that's the thing. I feel like I should stay ashamed. And I've been thinking of it kind of like like alcoholism. Like, there's no... I don't think there is a way for white people to be non-racist. I think we just are by having grown up in a racist society. We are just racist. We might not be proud racists. We might be recovering racists. But we That's are at nice. every point racist and we have to 
continually do the work. We are at every point racist. Yes. That's hyperbole. I, I'm saying this the same way, like an alcoholic is always an alcoholic. Even if he hasn't had a sip for 50 years, he's still an alcoholic. Okay. And you have to, and as an alcoholic, you can't just say, okay, I've been, I've been I'm one of the good alcoholics. I can have a sip every now and then or something. Hmm. You have to do the work always. And you have to stay vigilant. You have to keep it in the front of your mind always. You always have to think, I am an alcoholic. You can't take a day off from that hmm. um, because then you just fall back into it. Well, you don't have to think about it like if you eat your breakfast cereal, for example. That's what I mean. You're not a racist in, in the morning eating your breakfast. But obviously... Uh, well, but that's also obviously not what I'm saying. <laughs> I'm just saying like this comfort I feel. Oh, wow, I've come so far. I am not a racist. That, that should hmm. never be the thing because I am a recovering racist. Yeah, that's how far I, I agree with you. But if you say like we are racist at, at every point, to me this feels like defeatist. It's like, well, we can't change. We are just no, 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 no. I'm not racist, saying we are we are racist at every point. That's why we have to stop trying. And as I said, for me, this al alcoholic metaphor really works because you're also not supposed to say, okay, I'm an alcoholic, guess I'll just drink myself to death then. That's, that's not the point, right? The point is you have to keep it in your mind that that's what you are and that's that you always have to work at it, that every day mm. you have to put in the work. You always have to go to the meetings. You always have to stay away. You always have mm. to like be mindful that that's what you are because if you let your guard down, if you stop thinking, if you stop knowing what you are, you're going to slip up. You're going to roll, roll right back into it. And I feel like that's what happens when you are convinced that you're done with the work hmm. i am woke there's nothing else uh, for me to think about or really change or examine and that's how you you know get centrists basically is i think centrists are convinced that they are already you know on the right side of everything and those people who are even further left than them i now they're overdoing it a bit hmm. you know they're too They're too comfortable in thinking that they're, they're already as as good and as you know, whatever educated. Um, yeah, or, or even just too scared to really pick a side. <laughs> yeah, that was that, that, also, then um, they can be wrong, right? Sure. They can always say to to each the 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 cool thing about being a centrist is whoever talks with, to you, you can always tell them, "Nah, you're wrong." <laughs> But in practice, that's not what centrists do. They always argue against the left. Well, because they is, they're saying, of the, course the, I'm against Nazis, but the left are taking it too far. So the, they're doing the, the work. They're proto-Nazis because they're doing the work against the left yeah, while not doing the work against the right. Because the right doesn't discuss anything. <laughs> they're not talking about it. They're, they're, doing, they're burning crosses. So. Yeah, but of course they're and the, the centrists will say, so no, no, no. Burning crosses, that, that's too far. <laughs> Yeah, but only in the breath of tearing down a left argument. Um, of course, burning cross is way too far, but that's not, you know, that's that's like the argument I heard a lot when like the Nazis were back coming back and they were like, oh, sure, everybody, yeah, you see someone with a torch and you have, they're suddenly a Nazi now. Nazis exist mm. now because you call them Nazis and then they just said, okay, well, then I'm going to be not, like this stupid logic. Yeah, they want to see the, the, the detail, like, No, they're just proto-fascist. They just, they just convince themselves that they're not. They say, yes, of course I'm against fascism. That's why I can tear down people who are more liberal than me. 
And that is basically just doing the work of a fascist by pretending you're not one. Well, I would agree that they are definitely doing the work. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think um, that proto-fascism, I don't think that that's really the, the right label for them. I feel like yeah, they're, they're, they're proper fascists. Well, they just don't call themselves that. <laughs> yes, you are right. I was not a being. <laughs> um, and my point is basically just this this comfort of thinking, oh my God, I, I realized something. I'm a good person now. I don't do this anymore. I've done the work. That's, that's a dangerous thing. You have to always realize I don't know anything. I'm... I have these internalized racist ideas and everything else. Sexism. Not sure about I don't know anything, but yeah. Because if you say you don't know anything and you get into a discussion with, let's say, sexist or racist, mm -hmm. then uh, you will just believe what they say because you don't know anything. That's not a... How but what kind of useless that? argument is that? <laughs> it just, That's a, it's, who was that who said, um, I know that I know nothing? It's in that sense. Yeah. That wisdom lies in understanding that you don't have all the answers. And yes, in the grand scheme of things, I pretty much know nothing. And that's not a literal thing where I go out and I have no idea. <laughs> and you know this. What are you doing? <laughs> it's just... I don't feel... Yeah, You're just being contrarian for the sake of contrarian. being contrarian. <laughs> agreeing with you. <laughs> not really. That's not agreement what you just did. You just said that... You and you chose to misunderstand it in a very literal way. When you know yeah. I'm not yes, talking exactly. about it. Yes, exactly. But why? Because For what I, purpose? Because that, that's how I think. <laughs> if, I, if I hear a sentence like that, it, it just points out of the, the rest of the conversation. I'm like, ah, I'm not, that doesn't really sound right. I, I need to, yeah, I don't know. I guess in the context of what you're trying to say, I understand it. <laughs> well, that's if the, you say it like just, I don't know. That's, uh, that's how communication works. As long as you understand me, it's fine, right? Because, I mean... Why I not everyone is trying to understand you? That's the point. And there are people who will look for, for these points to misunderstand you and to say, look at, at this douche. He says we should always, but then... Uh, yeah, right? If someone listens to me say... I know nothing and think, I mean, I literally don't know anything. I have not experienced an education or anything at all. Then I don't think that the nuance of the argument I'm making is going to reach them ever. Hmm. So anyway, <laughs> my point is just, we should never be satisfied with how great we are, how far we've come, because really what we're talking about is stopping to do active damage which I have done, even if it's on a small scale, even if I've infected just one person who may have passed it on, maybe not, mm. um, who may have recovered from it. Um, still, I have done damage, and what I'm doing now is learning to stop doing as much damage. And that's still, I mean, I'm still realizing new things about all this stuff um, that I didn't know even two months ago. So just this, I feel like it's very important to just keep this in mind. I am a recovering racist. I am never done. I am never woke. And I should never go flaunting it. And I feel like we should talk about this more because it also pisses me off that I have to figure that out by myself. And I'm not saying, I mean, I'm sure that uh, people of color have been talking about this somewhere, but it hasn't reached me, which is part of what pisses me off. But then other white people who can relate to my experience of unlearning this stuff, like how easy it is to 
be an absolute dunce, be a racist, even while thinking that you're not. And you're getting checked anywhere. It's I just would have liked some guidance from just anyone on how to navigate these things. And I guess that's what I'm trying to do. Um, to I don't know, to figure out how to unlearn like the more subtle things. Because of course we're not capital R racists. We don't, you know, wear the hood and burn crosses and stuff. Which just makes, because that's always the focus with these things, uh, makes it so hard to understand how how the more subtle, the nuances, when you're actually a good person, but there's a whole line of thinking that is still really damaging, how that is possible. Like in the same way how abusers can be nice people at the same time, mm. you know? All this kind of thing where everything's just reduced to monsters. Like everything's black and white. There's just good strong people and monsters. And yeah, I just would, instead of white people repeating black people's words about oh, racism is so stupid, I would like to hear them talk about more. This is how I was racist. This is how I learned not to be, how I realized my mistake and just provide more guidance. Because, you know, if I am that moron at 19 and I engage with someone who tells me, oh, I can't believe that people don't know this and that, the points that I already agree with, I'm going to say, yeah. See, I am, mm, we get each other. Mm. I am also not racist. Cool. And when that's the point that, you know, I haven't realized about myself yet, that maybe attack something within myself, I'm going to see it as an attack. And mm. I'm going to be like, well, now, is it really, you know, aren't you like being, that's, that was my line of defense. Like, maybe you're overdoing it a bit. Same thing with feminism and everything. Like, women already are equal. All they want now is like, you know, preferential treatment. That's mm. shit I used to say. Because I like, genuinely thought like, yeah, I'm not, I don't I don't look down on anyone. So, you know, and everybody else I know doesn't do it either. So it's <laughs> clearly not a problem. It's really just, you know, a couple of people who want their who want their cake and eat it too, you know, and that's not right. That's not fair. <laughs> it's just nah. So yeah, I, I'm missing that in the conversation. Yeah. Not just to show, look, I'm so woke, I understand this, and I'm teaching this to you, but to also say, I used to really not be, and I'm probably still not, because that part, that staying alert part, that is the thing that I feel is missing the most. Hmm. Not to, to derail this, this conversation mm -hmm. too much, but we're not really in a, in a society where talking about your failures is, is really uh, accepted, I guess, or just... Or normal or wanted. It should be. You, you sh yeah, you should basically... It should be much easier to talk about what you did wrong and to be open about it, to share that so people can learn out of that. And uh, it's much more accepted to tell other people where they are wrong, which which yes. has <laughs> provided this, this, uh, this discourse where you're much more likely to get like attacked for not using the right pronoun or anything mm. then the people are or let's let's turn it around uh, you're much more likely to attack someone for doing something wrong than to look at yourself at what you are doing wrong and which is much more productive because you can change yourself much more easily than you can change someone else by pointing some minor mistake in some spelling or bigger mistakes 
<laughs> or like a very common phrasing of certain things that is not literally 100% correct. <laughs> It's just, yeah, it's just it's a tedium. Yeah, man. It's just, it's just no, a problem right. I have. You know, can I talk? I know you Hopefully have problem. my problems here. Yes, absolutely. Yes. Just, <laughs> just pointing it out while we're pointing things out. <laughs> um, no, absolutely. And I think that would also take care of the whole uh, not all men, all lives matter because... Yeah. The pointing out of a mistake feels like the condemnation of the person to the core because you must not have any kind of flaw. Exactly, yeah. And so, of course, if I'm being told I'm doing something wrong, the work it did, like today, I love doing that. You know, I feel like... I was actually also thinking about that, like the psychological hangings that that I have, like this intense self-loathing and Mm. all that stuff. It's really... I kind of managed to neatly repurpose that in a productive way. I'm like now really, really open and comfortable with questioning myself and being questioned and examining and owning stuff because mm. I feel like, well, it's a way of hating myself that makes me feel good. Well, I don't think you should hate yourself. <laughs> to be no, I'm just saying it's just this mechanism <laughs> oh. that I have and I'm retooling okay. it to something that's useful, I feel. Yeah. To be comfortable with being questioned. Exactly. Because stuff. Yeah, being comfortable with being imperfect. Mm. So, because your your anxiety or my anxiety, for sure, mm. it stems from the fact that we want to be perfect all the yes. time, and we can't accept mistakes. Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah, and that's why we try to to if we see one, we are much more likely to to um, brush it under the rug than really mm-hmm. confront it and try to to handle it. Because of course we have so because we are so imperfect, we just we feel overwhelmed with all the mistakes we 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 are doing yeah. in our daily life, and then there's someone who says we are racist. And man, that's a heavy reality to to go by because like racism, especially as a German, like we we get taught that this is like one of the most evil things you can be. So accepting that we are like recovering racists or even just like. Um, like unconscious racists, mm. this is it, it makes it much harder. Mm. It, it, it's not really helpful to to try this perfectionism. So yes, yeah, so in a way, normalize imperfection, normalize being wrong, mm. normalize being Some kind of a piece of shit. Because uh, otherwise, it's yeah. I'm sure. I'm sure I'm taking it too literal, but yes. did you say normalize being a piece of shit? <laughs> yes, because that is really the, I you know, know. the... It's a, it's a framing I don't like, I would say. I know, but basically what I mean by that is, I mean, Imperfect. I used to be a piece of shit. I can fully admit this now that I feel I'm better. But the thing is, I'm probably only a smidge better, and there's probably a long way to go still. And it should, I should just be comfortable with being, you know, kind of an asshole. Is that enables me, not proud of it, not happy about it, not doubling down on it, yeah. just being comfortable enough to acknowledge that so that I actually can do better. Because if I just reject the idea, I say, I'm perfect the way I am, then I'm never going to you know, listen to anything and change at all. Hey, Jana. <laughs> <laughs> I love that you're always uh, writing your name. <laughs> we know all right, King <laughs> Well, I guess it's because it's a shared account. But I don't think Friedrich has ever watched that, so I would just assume doesn't that's have, Jana. Doesn't he have a, another account? Well, Jana also has Rotten Hedgehog. Ah, right. 
Yes. Okay. Maybe we should Why expose not? them here. No. But of course, no. shout out. Follow Red King there. <laughs> yes. Red King's there. Sorry. <laughs> um, yes. Every Wednesday at seven p.m. I believe. Um, oh, they they both listen. But I guess Jana is usually the one chatting. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so hey guys. Yes. <laughs> hello. Um, okay. Yes. I think that's all I wanted to say on that. Very, very uncomfortable discovery. Yes. Um, yeah. Um, do I have something to... Oh, you both have a test account too. Well, I only know yours. I don't know what this test account is. And I only know it because your Twitter, your Twitter handles are also this way, right? Like Friedrich is tweeting from Red Kings, then you from Rotten Hedgehog. I'm gonna sit here for the 15 seconds it takes. <laughs> Please hurry up. <laughs> we, we have a lot of stuff we want to get through. That's today. the lag. You know, we need to wait. <laughs> right. We need to until the broadcast reaches. <laughs> okay. But yes, no, sure. Uh, you had you had something on your list. Yeah, I'm not sure. I mean, it's going to be a rough transition, but um, okay, let, let's do that. I mean, I also uh, am still really thinking about black people in media, mm -hmm. in, in video games, especially yeah. because, and women too, and trans people too. Mm -hmm. Though I have a feeling that trans people are kind of be better represented, at least with indie games. But I mean that that might be just like my my special Twitter Twitter bubble. But um, I yeah. certainly know a lot of trans people in games. I mean, I also know women, but maybe the trans people are more prolific. Maybe I notice more. Hmm. I don't know. But I would kind I guess, of. I guess the the people that you notice as trans people are those who stand out more, anyway. Right? Possibly. But I guess you could say that about anyone. Possibly. <laughs> anyway, I found an interesting YouTube video that, though it was great, I thought the narrator was a little bit um, slow and not really making it exciting. And he sounded very white as well. <laughs> but he made a video, it's called uh, Black Game Developers Throughout History. And if you want to watch that on YouTube, I, I recommend it. It's, I think, 15 minutes. But he he just listed a couple of them. And I, I thought I would tell them to you. Mm -hmm. So did you know that Jerry Lawson built the first cartridge-based console? I did know that. Channel F. What? <laughs> You're lying. No, I actually do. <laughs> what? Oh, this, this is one of those facts that get circulated a lot oh. when, like, um, uh, oh, okay. the topic comes up. Okay. But it's also probably the only fact I know. So that's okay. Uh, okay, let's try a couple more. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Okay. Maybe maybe I can ask them in questions. Um, so, do you know who built the MP one thousand? Well, not really. So Ed Smith. Ed Smith was was a guy, and I feel he really got a raw end of this deal. So someone uh, designed it. And then he had to build it by hand himself, mm -hmm. the test one. And then he had to test all the games on it, on all difficulty settings. <laughs> yeah. And then he did the same thing for the Imagine machine as well, before the company went bankrupt. Which, I mean, that has to be a job. 
I mean, I, I guess it's so a like a one-person QA team. Yeah. Well, he builds the stuff and he tests it. It's more than QA even. Huh. So they, I think they they gave him just a handwritten schematic of the thing, and then he built it, and then he tested all the games on it. So I don't know. Wild. Well, but also it sounds kind of cool. Yeah, it sounds fun, but it Build sounds your like own thing too and much then... work for one but person. Then, but then the work is playing games. Hmm? Well, you know. <laughs> it's not really yes. fun to no, play games for work. Q&A is yeah, yeah. Horrible, so then... horribly difficult work and very, very underappreciated. Yeah. And yeah. underpaid and very abusive practices and all Oh, that. yes, yes, yes. I, I heard that, like, often, like, talking to kids, like, what they want to do. <laughs> yeah. Oh, what do QA? It's so fun. And I'm always telling them, no, don't do that. <laughs> you will you will suffer. Mm. And you will hate the games you test because you're replaying. They think you can just play the game, but you have you get, like, one level and you have to replay <laughs> it over and over again. Nobody likes that. Yeah. I mean, a few people like that, but they, they are probably very famous Twitch streamers now. <laughs> Maybe. So, do you know um, the designer of Cyberpunk? Cyberpunk? Yes. The inventor and um, designer of the pen and paper game Cyberpunk. I do not. Mike Pondsmith. Yes. Also, people like guy uh, wrote and designed the pen and paper uh, he played some D&D, didn't like it uh, found some science fiction thing and then he made him his own and he, he made lots of pen and paper games um, he also said about uh, cyberpunk I think in an interview about the new cyberpunk mm -hmm. uh, where he obviously is a part of um, everything is political about this game <laughs> which I quite liked <laughs> yes yeah, he is. He works on the graphic design of the Ultimate Ultima series as well, as well as did some Japanese ports of games and founded Artelzarian Games Incorporated. Did the pen paper Castle Falkenstein, which looked very interesting. Mm -hmm. um, I think that that uh, won a couple of prizes as well because he got rid of the dice and went with card drawing. Which is which is so much better than than dice. I mean, I love dice. Don't get me wrong, but cards much better than dice because you have the probability of your deck, but with each um, card drawn, you know exactly you know exactly you're limiting the probability. Is it I two kinds of probabilities? What you're saying. I, I forgot. It's like determinant. No, what was that? So it's two. Different kind of probability. Probability. Okay, so the <laughs> next one. <laughs> um, which one was that before Shadowrun? Uh, no, Shadowrun is um, is the clone of Cyberpunk, and it's the German pen and paper. Cool. I think so, at least. I think that that was the German um, answer to. Cyberpunk. So it's like, like DSA. Yeah, yeah, like the the, the black eye. <laughs> the dark a, eye. Oh, the dark eye, right. The black eye is <laughs> something else. Um, <laughs> yeah. So the, the rest isn't... Um, well, maybe... Uh, I think like, that's the most exciting one, like Cyberpunk. This dude is, should be a legend. Like, 
like the D and D guy. Why? Why is the the D and D guy or uh, the Magic the Gathering guy so famous? But Mike Pondsmith is the first time I heard of his name. Mike Pondsmith. Yeah, Mike Pondsmith. Somehow that sounds familiar. Yeah, like Mike is a uncommon usual name. <laughs> okay, so next one. Uh, Tromel Isaac is a graphic designer who worked on Fallout. He was the lead artist at Fallout. Fallout 2, Duke Nukem Forever, and Planet Side. You can uh, find him on Twitter as well. Mm. Tromel Isaac. Mm -hmm. Then Robert Collier is a graphic designer uh, who worked on the EverQuest series. Mm -hmm. um, then Morgan Gray is a producer for lots of Star Wars games, Tomb Raider. Uh, he, he did QA for Monkey Island for some reason as well. <laughs> uh, nice. and uh, works now as executive producer at Crystal Dynamics which is like I guess the, the highest um, highest ranking like person in video games I know of executive producer which is weird racism people um, Eric Lang is a board game designer uh, he made a new XCOM board game the Bloodborne board game I, I played the XCOM it's Kind of nice. It, it um, combines like tablet and board game in mm -hmm. a neat way. So you have like uh, events going on on the tablet, and you have to react on the board game. That's pretty neat. But was was fun. But um, I don't know. People didn't want to play it much longer. <laughs> okay. I, I liked it. I, I would have played it more. But yeah, Bloodborne is supposedly good as well. He has credits uh, for five. He's under credits for five hundred games. <laughs> so, what? Uh, um, Aurea, Aurea Harvey is a game designer and artist. She makes art games. Um, she made The Path. You remember The Path? That Path? Yeah, That The Path. Which was um, uh, yeah, Red Riding Hood. Tale of Tales uh, thingy. Is that the company, Tale of Tales? Maybe, yeah. Hmm. It's a really cool game. Um, yeah, they also did the graveyard or like that. And she made an MMO, The Endless Forest, where you can't communicate via text only. That's the, that's the animal one where you just. Yes. Yeah, that looked interesting. Uh, yeah, Tale of Tales, I think they're called. They, they, they do interesting stuff. Yeah. I also, you remember the graveyard? Yep. That was also kind of neat. I'm not sure if that's her too, but it's the same company at least. Hmm? It's the same company, right? Yeah, that's all. Yeah. She's, now, yes. she's now a professor at Kunsthochschule Kassel. They are always so what? Inspiring. Okay. <laughs> yeah, they're very inspiring, very different. But that's it. Neat. I mean, Neat could be there There were one or two more, but it's, it's mm. crazy. I mean, how many black people are in, in the US and should be working on games now? Mm. For sure. This can't be right, but yeah, apparently that's that. Yeah, weird. I actually can probably name more trans people I know personally than <laughs> yeah. the list of black people you found working in games. Hmm. Well, I don't didn't find them. Uh, yes, yeah. uh, the the video black people, black game developers. Throughout history is the YouTube video. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. 
really really interesting and then i i really go out of my way to, to find stuff like that because it, it just it feels off to me like mm -hmm. there there's like i've learned so much about white people and there there's just something missing i can feel it yeah <laughs> there's a part of history that never really got through to me and yeah that's true okay um there is one more thing I want to talk about, which is kind of a weird thing, also a weird realization I had actually just yesterday. So that's how every day, because halfway through this, I wanted to quit it, obviously. <laughs> um, I was missing people, at least talking to them. I like talking to people and I'm, I'm okay not seeing, um, but just talking. Uh, but yeah, but every day, you know, was like, Okay, that extra day I gave myself to like see it through. And so I, for people who, who just joined and didn't oh, uh, yes. catch the beginning, uh, Hannes did like one week of sabbatical without any PC, phone, anything. Not no even music. Not even music. For no some TV. reason. No, I did just not. I did not turn any electronics on, like besides my fridge and my oven or something. <laughs> but like no. No fridge. <laughs> No electronic distractions. Yeah. So, so yeah, so I did do a whole lot of thinking. And yeah, like even yesterday uh, evening, I was thinking, ah, okay, now I'm, now it's basically done. Now I could turn it on and, you know, text my wife or something. And But then I decided not to see it through and do my Sudokus instead because I also did that. Um, Ultim ultra Sudoku. <laughs> it's a difficult one. Uh, it just looked like a. I it's, know, it's... it's from extreme to ultimate. <laughs> only. It even says, like, uh, attention contains serious Sudoku for not, uh, <laughs> not appropriate for beginners. What is the word? Not geignet? Uh, suitable. Not suitable for beginners. So that's. Well, that's just my speed, you know. I, just... <laughs> well, I, I think it looks like like uh, should be like a video game, like Super Nintendo. <laughs> True. You, you get Super Street Fighter and Ultra Sudoku. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. Um. So I had kind of a realization that is kind of weird, and I'm still kind of processing it. Um. Well, tell it to the world. <laughs> yeah, I kind of figured why not. Uh, so I kind of realized that in my last relationship before this one, that I have been, it still feels weird to say it, like I'm even right now questioning if that's actually true, but that I have been the victim of abuse, of physical, emotional, and psychological abuse. And it feels kind of weird to me to realize that because I never thought of myself as a victim, more as a, uh, what's the opposite of the victim? Perpetrator? I guess. Um, 
Because I know that for many of my relationships, uh, romantic friendship, that I always had, you know, an issue with codependence. That that's sort of how I kind of learned to have relationships. And that in those that I was usually the... I mean, codependence obviously means it's like, a, you know, there's two people involved in that. But, uh, but still, there's sort of a, a top and a bottom, if you will. And that I used to uh, usually be the aggressor, basically. And um, I know that in, uh, you know, relationships that I have been emotionally abusive. Um, and something I only realized much, much later. And that I have over the years, you know, a lot of things have come up, you know, over the, I mean, I, I had like six, seven years of therapy. So obviously a lot of things came up and I have sort of dealt with most of them, talked to the people, you know, kind of hashed this out and uh, sort of made my apologies and amends and stuff. Uh, but with this, so I assumed that I was the problem in that relationship. I may not know that it was abusive in many ways, but I guess in a way I figured we had abused each other. And, and yeah, it literally took four years for me to kind of figure out, no, actually I was the victim in that relationship. And... It's a weird thing. It's a it's a really strange thing to because you know, the the problem with this is that part of me is still kind of thinking actually maybe maybe it was me or maybe it was my fault at least. Um, well, maybe I should let's just be a bit more specific, I guess. Um, in this relationship, what we used to what ha used to happen a lot it was really a, a, an up and down you know like it sometimes happens with codependence and like extreme highs extreme lows sort of a thing and it would happen basically a lot that over some innocuous thing a fight would break out it should usually she would start a fight she would goad me kind of into responding like basically shovel on until i snapped you know and i don't know snap back and then she would freak out, she would throw things at me, hit me, uh, spit at me, um, and just, you know, just vile, psychological, you know. She would tear me down constantly, like all the time. Nothing I did was ever good enough. That's so crazy because really I never had an idea. And the thing is, neither did I, really. I, was I like, mean, eh. I never <laughs> saw anything like that and I never could have guessed. Yeah, and the thing is, I didn't consider it as that bad. Because, I mean, I mean... Couples fight, that reasoning? Hmm? The, the couples fight, what can I do? No more in... I mean, I know it wasn't, like, the best that she would attack me. <laughs> uh, but I also... I'm a, I'm a big guy, you know? Like, and I mean, she wasn't exactly small. She's kind of a brawler, right? But she couldn't do, like, serious damage, you know? So I've thought of it as that. So hmm. it's... So it's this tiny little woman, um, you know, trying to hit me or whatever. Hmm. Eh, you know, what's the big deal? I can take it sort of a thing. Hmm. And and the other stuff, like the psychological and emotional stuff, that was just, I mean, I knew that she had 
issues of her own, mm. um, as did I. I mean, we met uh, in the in the clinic, and I figured, you no, know, these things happen. You know that 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 things get overwhelming. She breaks down in a very aggressive way, but then you know after she would apologize and all mm. that stuff. So basically, I took it as she's trying. Sometimes it doesn't work. I'm gonna be patient, mm. and I am a very patient person. You know, I'm. I always want to see the best in people because I hope they see the best in me, kind mm. of thing. And I want people to be patient with me when I fuck up, so I'm patient with people when they fuck up. And I feel, yeah, maybe that has been exploited, like that. My good-natured kind of patient self has been, you know, that that has been abused quite literally, and that. Hmm. And you know, and, and the thing is also, I really like notice, you know, how much I blamed myself for when it happened. You know, that okay, I, I set her off. I did this and then I escalated it because at some point, you know, I didn't just walk away, hmm. but I snapped back or something. Hmm. And so hmm. I made her attack me. Called a bit bait a bait. Um took the bait. Yes, exactly. So that that was because I am more in possession of myself that I should have known better and that it's basically my fault. It's not even her fault. Hmm. She just has a breakdown and I am making it worse by, hmm. you know, at some point responding to it in a very negative way. Um, in kind, basically. <laughs> I mean, I also don't want to pretend that I did not, not do any wrongs in this relationship. There was a lot of fucked up stuff that happened between us. Um but, but yeah, it, it's kind of a weird thing because there were situations that I have been struggling with for years where I kind of thought about this is actually something really bad that I need to own up to somehow, hmm. um, especially with, you know, the work I do that I'm interested in, um, you know. The day and how that in other projects you know comes through and stuff and hmm. i felt like okay let me make this specific um i told you this uh before but um shortly before we broke up like a month or so before that well we broke up she texted me that it was over and then disappeared for you um we had we had a moment where it escalated. Like it, it happened out of nothing. It honestly happened out of nothing. It was, um, you know, we were staying together and I get these things where I get overwhelmed and I just need a little bit of space, right? But we were living together at that point and it was like, there was not much space to be had. So for one night, previously I had asked her to sleep in another room. So I just have my, you know, my mm. computer to myself that I just have a little bit of me time to recover. And the next night, where, you know, I'm, it was okay again, uh, she suddenly, well, she wanted to go to bed. And I was like, oh, you want me to sleep in the other room? And, and just, you know, got angry mm. and ran off. And I went after her and I said, hey, I didn't even say that. And mm. then from there, it escalated. And uh, she kind of like pushed me and pushed me. And at some point, you know, I, I threw something in her face uh, about her pet. No, not a physical thing. Okay. <laughs> I did not do that. Um no, but because I know that, 
Well, I know that she's like this because her parents are like this. Like, her parents are much worse. I met her mother. That's, I could, like, basically... And sometimes I would then, in my anger, call her her mother. <sighs> which is probably not... You know, but... That's you know, so nice. a hit. It is. It was also true. Um, you know, it... And it was unkind, you know, but, and and I said, and that's why I blamed myself for these things. Hmm. But also I'm always ignoring like the, the many, many insults and the emotional, you know, whiplash and stuff Hmm. before that, until I get to that point where I'm so frustrated that I don't know how to help myself, but to get angry, you know, Hmm. I I, I don't get angry. And it's very hard to get me (laughs) to that level of upsetness. So it is... There is a lot of things that happened before that, but I tend to ignore them because I'm like, mm. I should be better. But anyway, so I did that and then I was upset and walked away. And I don't know what happened exactly because I was also drinking. Mm. I was drunk. Um, and she came yelling at me and then sat, uh, you know, in the hallway crying loudly. Mm. And I then just yelled at her because I also took that as... I took it as a, a sign of aggression hmm. because it was like, look how upset I am. Look how upset you are making me. Now I'm letting all the neighbors know how upset you're making hmm. me kind of thing. And so then I yelled at her. I forget what I said exactly. It was probably not something nice. Probably not. Well, it was probably along the lines, ah, oh, shut the fuck up with your fake crying or whatever. Hmm. And she jumped up and she came lunging at me. So I restrained her against the wall. Hmm. So that's what I usually... That's what I always do. I always have done. I've never been an aggressive person, never been an offensive one. I always mm. fight defensively. I always restrain people. And I'm kind of good at it. Um, and, well, she, like, kept going and went to, went to the floor. Mm. I put her in a headlock. That's the part that I regret. It was, I, it was still trying to just keep her still, to keep her from mm. hitting me. You know, and she stuck, she bit me in the arm. I had like a huge bruise after that and screamed bloody murder and I let her go. I basically let her go in the moment where I wanted to be violent, where I noticed now I want to hurt her. So Mm. I stepped away. Mm. Um, And I thought of this moment as me being abusive. And I felt like, oh shit, I'm exactly the kind of person that I cannot stand. Mm. Like the exact terrible human being who would hurt a woman out of anger or whatever. Mm. And I've been beating myself up over this. This is like one of the, I feel like that's one of the worst things I've ever done. I mean, that's how, how you told it to me as well. And it was kind of hard for me to mesh that with my picture of you. And the thing is, I still don't think that that was great. Um, I still regret this. But what, what could you have done differently? I mean, and that is exactly what I'm kind of asking myself right now. Like, what am I mad at? Yeah. I, I didn't come lunging at her. She came yeah, at yeah. me. And all I did was restrain her to stop her from hurting me. I didn't do it to hurt her. Hmm. I heard it to get her to stop. I cannot walk away when someone's coming to attack me. Because that's always, I should have just walked away. But but walk away where? Yeah, you were. That was my, (laughs) 
that was my you know uh, living space. Um, where can I go? I could have, I guess I could have run away out in the street <laughs> and yeah. run from her, but um, not really an option in the middle of the night and blackout drunk and just yeah. you know it's. But yeah, and and there's also another element to it which I always like didn't want to. Like, I never wanted to excuse myself for what I've done. Even when she then, you know, eventually, like, she ran off into the bathroom. I actually took a picture of the bite. Like, it's mm. like, in that moment, I was aware that I had been attacked. But then, like, and I even, like, the the door to my bedroom doesn't didn't lock. Mm. So I actually went into the cellar and built, what do you call these triangles? Like a doorstop. Yeah something to ram under the door so she couldn't come in because I was afraid of her. And... Oh, I don't think you told me that part. I did not. No. no, because I saw myself, my uh, me as the aggressor mm. and me as the and abuser. And man as well, right? Yes. That's, your it's role. Just that's a, how you're supposed to be. Yeah, that's just a tiny woman coming at me. If I choose to mm. hurt her in return, that is, that is 100% my fault then. Um... And, you know, even then, I mean, eventually uh, she came, we just went to bed. Uh, the next day we kind of, like, didn't talk about it much, but um, she did say at some point, um, you know, that wasn't okay, what happened yesterday. And I was like, yeah, definitely. And I didn't even start to hmm. explain anything because there was actually, like, there's a little bit more to it, which may be a bit TMI, but whatever. Uh, hmm. We had a... 24-7 BDSM type relationship. That was something we're both kind of into and both wanted to try. Um, I feel like she was especially into it because she thought it would help her regulate herself, which it did not at all. All it did give me all the responsibility and that's all the blame when she couldn't regulate herself. Mm -hmm. But part of it was also that she wanted to be handled in a certain way. That she, the thing with the just push me against the wall is something she actually told me. She even at some point said she she kind of wishes or that she likes the idea or has thought about the idea of that when she gets like this, that I choke her out almost and just let her live in the last second kind of a thing. Mm -hmm. So it was sort of a it was sort of a complicated dynamic. And in that moment when she came at me, I didn't in that moment I wasn't scared. Mm. Even that drunk, I was kind of like, okay, then, then that's a situation like this. Let's go. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, and only when it then escalated to the point where she was like screaming the house down, mm. I was like, holy shit, this is too much now. And also the anger is too much now. I have mm. to step away because then I'm actually going to do something wrong. But you, you guys had like a safe word. Right? She, she didn't use, you did not have a safe word. We chose not to have a safe word at some point. Also a very terrible idea. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, it was for part of the twenty-four-seven thing. There was supposed to be a certain thing, whatever. It was a, it was a complicated. Um, yeah, sounds like a very, very, very bad setup and deeply toxic. All of it. So, um, but basically, I didn't even start to explain it in that moment because I was like, yes, that was wrong. Um, and also, it doesn't matter what you you know talk about at some point. But that's because she said she wanted to be choked. That doesn't mean that in the moment mm. of serious anger that she actually wants that, so that there's nothing to do with anything. So I didn't like figure this in at all. Mm. And um, then, of course, if something goes wrong, that is still my 
responsibility at the end of it. Mm. Uh, because as the top part, I am responsible for the actions I take. And that is actually true, I believe. But it's also part of the abuse, I guess. I mean, that, that's, 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 the, that's the problem. It, all, it was always toxic. Uh, all these things were, we weren't doing safe BDSM. We were just having a really very toxic relationship. <laughs> <laughs> now we were also doing that, but, but it was just not a good idea um, hmm. in certain parts. And as I said, I took this responsibility also because, you know, it also was for me, oh my God, did I just attack her kind of a thing. That was in my head. Hmm. And, and so, yeah, so for years I thought about this, like, how do I... How do I own up to this? Because I mm. feel especially with the day and like the some hundred people that have written me with their stories, you know, trust me with their stories. Now it turns out I'm an abuser myself. How do I how do I address this in a meaningful way? How do I apologize for this? And I could never figure it out. But what like and the reason I'm understanding now is because it didn't make sense. Mm. Is there was nothing to apologize for. I mean, sure, there were wrongs that happened that I, yeah, there are things I can apologize for. Yeah. But the things that I wanted to apologize for is me defending myself against being attacked to stop her from hurting me. Hmm. That was what I did in that moment. And it's really weird to realize this so suddenly. I don't even know how I came to this. It just suddenly this thought popped into my head that, wait a minute. <laughs> But a week without <laughs> electronics can do to you. Yeah. Yeah. And it's still, I'm still worried that I'm making excuses for being an abuser. That is still in my head. Okay, so that, that's the question I had is would this one instance make you an abuser? I mean, I, I don't like these, these labels anyway. I think that you can be abusive or you in a certain like um instance or you you can have you know it just as, as soon as you start like labeling people like putting them in boxes it's, it's kind of hard but obviously there are people who are just so toxic in their behavior that this label just fits but at what at what point are you an abuser i've i feel like at the point where you to me if i like actually punch a woman even if i do it just once in my life i'm still an abuser i feel like that's a one one time offense uh hmm. thing but i mean the label discussion i, I think is, even if in self-defense in self-defense is a different thing of course but i mean like interrelated in in a relationship i mean in the street if there was someone <laughs> a woman attacking me and i would punch her to okay. get out of it then i wouldn't call myself an abuser okay. in a relationship I feel like yeah, it's 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 a complicated thing uh, for me. Actually, speaking of, and that is really the thing that I now look at with the most the fuck is she had accused me of having hit her in a fight. There was a situation very much in the beginning, well, sort of in the beginning, where. Again, a fight was created out of nowhere. I'm only seeing this now, you know, how the fights were created. But I was coming home from, and it doesn't help that I was always drunk. Um, because I was coming home from the pub. Um, and I had talked to some guy who told me he had only thrown up twice in his life. Hmm. Total. And I was like, how? 
How is that even possible? Just from being sick alone, you have to have thrown up more. That's so funny I think because I have, you told me that. <laughs> I have had more food poisoning. It really, really <laughs> shook you, huh? <laughs> I was just like, that's impossible. The times I have thrown up, you know, so that was to me like, what? That, that just doesn't happen. Yeah. So I told her about this and from that hmm. came a fight. I don't know how. Hmm. I think she was like, how can you say something? I was just like trying to explain. And suddenly there was a fight. I don't know. Mm. And suddenly it was always about something else at some point, right? And so I'm already in the middle of leaving mm. because this is like whatever. And that was at her place. So I was in the middle of like getting out of there. And she just kept hounding me and hounding me and hounding me. And at some point I again called her mother. <laughs> I guess it was sort of a finger. Sometimes, but... I know it's, it's, uh, I feel like that was like the most, it's not, which obviously didn't, didn't like it, but it was also true because those were the exact things that she suffered under from her mother. So, mm. yeah, it was just a little bit of unkind self-awareness thrown in her face. And, but yeah, speaking of throwing things, she then threw, she then started like literally throwing things at mm. me. And so I... How can this be the beginning of your relationship and you could stay in Oh, that? well, the beginning of the relationship was actually that she would, for the first year, break up with me every two weeks. Ah, right. That I remember. Hmm. So, and I was just like, okay, she's... Could uh, have been a red flag. Could have been. Could have been. And that's also why I'm thinking, like, how can I be a victim of abuse if I chose this? If I said, this is what I want. This is what I want to, you know? So I kind of get... The self-blaming yeah. from a different angle now. <laughs> well, not from a different angle, from exactly that angle, right? Yeah, I mean, from personal experience more than hearing other people tell it, you know. Oh, okay. Kind of the the feeling of yeah. what? Because it's for me, it wasn't that so clear cut. Hmm. I mean, obviously, if you're being, it's never clear cut, is it? I guess. I mean, I guess even when you talk sexual abuse, the the doubt I've heard people express: "Oh, did I want this?" Kind yeah. of thing. I guess it's sort of similar. I still don't want to like just don't want to put it on that same level because I feel like. But it's, it's important to to say that that there isn't like a clear cut okay, level where you can say that. But yes, so she started throwing things at me, and so again, I in an attempt to de-escalate, restrained her. Like she was sitting on her bed, mm. like and I pushed her down, held her down. Can I ask what what kind of things she threw at you? I don't remember. I know one of them was like a who is it? Juice box. Um, so it was never. I never got like physically hurt or mm. anything. That's why I'm also feeling like ah, whatever. Mm. And they're saying, "Oh, the tiny woman throwing things at me." And I'm like, mm. "Can this be abuse?" Um, but so I, you know, restrained her again. Yeah. She said, "Let me go," and I did. And then I left. I think she also threatened me with the police. Uh, but I was already on my way out by then. Um, and mm. the next day, she calls me and she says, "You hit me." And I, what the fuck? Why are you? What are you talking about? Like mm. yesterday, you hit me. And I, the fuck I did, and she kept insisting. Well, you hit me. You hit me. You hit me. And I'm like, did I? It's a drunkness. And the thing is also when that's the thing. I don't get angry, mm. but when I do, I black out, like for mm. a second. And I've had this in my life that. Like, just for a moment, like, when the adrenaline kicks in or something, mm. like, for a split second, I'm gone. Yeah. You know, and um, that's even something I'm afraid of. That's why I don't like to get angry, and that's why I'm afraid of situations where I'm made very angry, mm. because I'm afraid of snapping and hurting someone. 
I never want to do it. I've never have. Because even when I'm attacked, even when I was punched in the face, I always de-escalate. I never go to a punch back. Um, and so I was like, okay, have I maybe in going for her to push her down and mm. hold her down? Mm. Did I like graze her face or something? Mm. But I was actually sure that I didn't. Mm. And I was gaslit into believing that maybe I did. <laughs> and I still, you know, that's that's something I feel like kind of weird about saying because it feels like that's like so much of what I'm saying right now. I worry sounds exactly like an actual abuser, mm. like talking his way out of what he did. Yeah. And that's also what I worry about talking about this. I like I don't want this to be taken at all as an excuse to say, oh, see, women lie or, or, or any kind of bullshit. Yeah. Um, but I know that she was lying in that moment. Yeah. I I started to believe her because she and she would gaslight me a lot anyway. Mm. Um, to make an even worse example, <laughs> that was actually very in the beginning, like a month in or something. So we had discussed what we like um, sexually, what we want to do, what we're comfortable with. Mm. Um, which, as I said, was a lot of BDSM stuff. and Yeah, we don't need to get into too much detail. I just want to, because it's, because there was a situation where then, then when we started to go for it, mm. and in the middle of it, like, it was in the kitchen. Like, she basically, let me get into it a little bit, because I feel like it's important. Um, basically, she wanted to be grabbed, taken anywhere, anytime kind of a thing. Mm. And... Then we also talked about very specific things um, that she liked. Um, and did you realize that we, we are... I, I do. Kind of friendly. I... Kind of. Okay. Good. I'm not going to go very graphic. That's a very okay. nice thing. So we were in the kitchen and then we just... So I just went for it. And the way she said, doing all the things she said she wanted. Mm. And in the middle of it, she jumps up, runs away, um, and calls her friend crying about how... I overstepped and whatever. And so I'm, of course, like, holy shit, what just happened? Mm. She wouldn't talk to me. Uh, she was just at her phone crying. And I'm like, holy shit. Now, because, you know, as I said, as a top part in this mm. dynamic, it's your responsibility to take care of the bottom part, right? And Man. it doesn't matter how but much... Did you get yourself into it? <laughs> yeah. This is such an incredibly bad setup. Really. Uh, and the thing is, like even if you if you if you have you know discussed everything beforehand, anything can happen, and you have to be responsible. Even mm. you know, obviously, consent can be withdrawn, yeah. and everything. So I was like distraught. Oh my god, what have I done? And you know, she was very uh, targeted. I mean, she slept over that night, but then the next morning she left. She wouldn't talk to me, and then two days later or something, said, "Oh, actually, I do want to be with you," and I actually just set this up. The thing in the kitchen so I can leave you to break up with you and she would even in later years refer to it as the kitchen trap wow so but yeah. do you think he, she she said the truth about setting the trap? trap yeah, yeah. she was gaslighting me and manipulating me the all the time it's, she was pulling stuff like that all the time so I have so in this instance I mean we could have talked if something had gone wrong mm. because I was obviously very you know apologetic mm. and willing to discuss what went wrong and yeah. just said no this was exactly what I wanted but I just wanted to break up with you so I pretended that it wasn't well, that it had gone too far too complicated for me <laughs> and the thing is 
Part of me wonders, because obviously I had shown her my work, she knew the day and everything, and I wonder if she did those things and did you hit me and all of this, because she knows that that is one of my... Because she, you, you would respond to that because you... That that's basically my... my if you want to really hurt me or get me in a way, then, you know, accuse me of something that I feel very passionate of. You know? I mean, it doesn't even have to be, like, consciously. Just unconsciously, she, she felt that that this is possible, right? I mean, she... Was she testing you, like, before? Like, how far she could go? Yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah. I mean... So yes, so that's kind of weird, <laughs> and I have, yeah, I have beaten myself up over these things for quite, quite some time, and it's only kind of now clicking that I was being abused by someone very, very manipulative, and it feels, yeah, of course it's kind of weird to talk about and weird to think of myself this way because I never did, hmm. and. But it's good, good that you, you're doing it, like, that you're open about it, and, uh, I mean, it is good to hear that this stuff can happen, mm -hmm. right? And, I mean... Yeah, that's what I figured, because um, part of this was like, oh my god, what if... You know, this sounds like I'm making excuses or I'm giving like a template for making excuses, which, as I said, I don't want that at all. If a woman makes accusations, believe her. That's just in the in the grand scheme of things where we have 0.6 false accusation, mm. but 97% of assaults going unpunished. Okay. I feel like, just believe women. Even if this woman came forward, just believe her. I am, I'm even completely fine really? with being... Collateral damage for the greater good. <laughs> well, isn't it like belief victim, victims anyway? Uh, because it's not like, like men are, are running around playing the victim card, is it? Right. Belief survivors, I think, is probably the best thing. But um, just in, in general, like if she had, you know, because I'm pretty sure she, that she does not think that she abused me. I'm pretty sure that she is convinced that I abused her. And I'm just saying... Like, I do not want this to be taken as a, hmm. as an anything. Like I said, even, I mean, I'm not, I'm not even standing accused. I'm talking about this myself, right? And if she were to accuse me, I would, like, even be more comfortable with people believing that <laughs> than hmm. to take what I'm saying to dismiss other women coming forward as, well, maybe she's lying about this too, kind of a thing. Because I know that I'm talking sort of about things, that I'm saying that she did things that other people used to discredit victims mm. you know oh she's just lying oh she just made up all this bullshit yeah. and i don't want it to be that but i also figured okay men get abused too and especially how abuse can happen like the forms it can take sort of what we talked about earlier that there's only monsters and good people there's only like being raped in a dark alley and not abuse you know sort of a thing and that yeah. that these that i can go four years thinking that i actually was the culprit um, not realizing that I was the victim in this situation. That is, well, anyway, I just figured I'd talk about it, get it out there. And yeah, it's weird. I mean, I know she sometimes watches our stuff, 
I doubt that she sits through this because it's long and boring, but I guess I'm, <laughs> I guess I'm just going to block her now because I actually haven't done that. Yeah, that's a good idea. Well, yeah, it's uh, nothing much I can say to that. I guess my relationships were never that complicated. Um, yeah. Well, I mean, there's nothing to say, I guess. It's just... I mean, I guess it's interesting to think about, like... Yeah, no, there's really nothing I can say about that. It's um, fine. So that was just something that okay. I realized I wanted to talk about quickly, and... And... Um, yeah. It's... It's wild. <laughs> I don't know. It's a very... Very weird chapter in my life. Um, one that I... I guess I have some more, uh, like... You know, sussing through, kind of, uh, re... Contextualizing? Yes, exactly. With a mm. more healthier lens, I guess, to kind of figure this out and then move on, I suppose. Yeah. So... Yeah, anyway, here's Wonderwall. <laughs> okay, uh, hard transition it is. Yeah. I have found better, thank you. Uh, I'm actually married now to a very wonderful woman. And. Yeah, this is like my first really healthy relationship, I would say, because I think I, in the meantime, you know, through therapy and through just kind of noticing the patterns that I was getting into and trying more consciously to avoid them, to avoid the codependency. Mm. Um, yeah, I think we managed to build like a really healthy, really honest relationship, like from the very start, like we talked about everything honestly and openly if there's a problem we try to you know i don't think have we had a fight probably yes we have a fight had a fight about i saw that one yeah which one are you referring to? <laughs> about the song i was in the fight <laughs> it was really... pretty upset yes i was upset but i walked away didn't i <laughs> and let her do her thing i argued passionately i would say i think I think you cried a little. <laughs> Me? No, I was just I was just annoyed. And I knew I was... I mean, you even said that in that moment. Eh, if he's that annoying, he's usually right in the end. And I knew I was going to be, and I was. I'm not sure if you were right, by the way. Actually, she later told me. I hope that's fine that I'm telling you this. Telling the world of all our five listeners um, this. Um, the reason why she wanted to change the song was because her mother and brother said um, uh, that's a little bit childish. Yeah. So it didn't even have to do with her. She was just worried about what other that people was, think. think. Yeah. So in the end, it wasn't even that way. I guess that's why, why the, 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 the situation was so weird because I didn't get why are we doing this suddenly? We were practicing mm. this for a week. Yeah. It was fine. And suddenly it's a problem. And then I let her try as long as I went and made friends <laughs> <laughs> as I do. <laughs> Yeah, no, I, I just didn't realize that this was like a popular song there, like a pop song for mm. like that's 
brilliant. I know. Mm, it was one of very famous. Very like yeah. it. It was uh, Huku by what's her name? Uh, Shoma Josie. Because like uh, uh, Bali's best friend also like Tans? Yeah. The one with the head? The one with the head? No, uh, Analyzer. Ah, yes, sure. Which, by the way, I thought for, I don't know how long, that she was called Analyzer, like the you're analyzing something. But That's her attestation. Ah, okay. So her name is Annalisa, but she's ah. also self-analyzer. Okay. Yes, her, yeah. Well, that's, uh, yeah. I would have done the same thing. <laughs> okay, yeah, right. Uh, but she, she also made a little bit of fun of teased, teased her about the song. Yeah, it's fine. It's a it's a very annoyingly popular song, and I like yeah. it. I felt kind of bad <laughs> for being on your side, and then she has to to suffer through. Um, I mean, she also knows that's why I like it, and and it did have the energy that we were going for. Yeah. I mean, we tried. I saw you guys trying. I came back half an hour later. You were still trying. I didn't song try anything. The other. <laughs> I like the song too. <laughs> well. But no, uh, I think the biggest fights we have had were about fries. So now I always buy two, just to make sure. Because she eats your fries? I eat her fries, allegedly. <laughs> <laughs> thought it would be like curly fries or straight fries or something, like meaningful. No, that's, okay. just, that's too many fries. <laughs> yeah, but eating food is, is a contentious uh, topic, I think, for many relationships. Yeah, the the thing is, I think we, I'm not sure, sure we have uh, little things where we like uh, knock heads here and there, but we've just always had this um, willingness to like engage with each other uh, meaningfully, you know, mm -hmm. and to um, you know, basically have a very respectful and very caring uh, dialogue about things, you know, to make. But to make sure we're both taken care of, you know, like the mm. me, me and you, not just not just you, not just me, uh, but kind of a working together. And that work is in the end also what uh, I feel like makes this really makes this work. Because relationships are work, and we're willing to do it. And that was also what you know where I when I saw that, um, I was like, you know what, that's the person I want to marry. <laughs> it feels like a good idea so far. That's nice. <laughs> do you guys have a safe word then? Uh, no comment. <laughs> okay. So, um, did you know Brie Larson is on YouTube? Yes. <laughs> uh, yeah, she started like a YouTube channel a couple of months ago. I watched her. Do you watch Hot Ones? Do you know Hot Ones? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sometimes, I watched her. Sometimes I watched that. I watched her interview and it was about her starting her YouTube channel and stuff. Well, it was to promote it. She didn't talk about it much. <laughs> I guess that's not what they do in those. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I haven't checked it out yet. Have you checked it out? Yeah, she's like two videos now. Like the first one is just an introduction, but yeah. obviously she shot like a lot of footage beforehand. Yeah. Like she talks to a lot of famous YouTubers and her best friend about like starting the thing. And then she made one about playing, I think Animal Crossing or so. Something like that. And she's just so lovely. <laughs> she's just such a nice open honest person and you yeah. watch it i'm not sure if i will watch like more videos of her because i don't know but it's just like somehow i really like her and she has a very down-to-earth energy yeah kind of just a regular person who just yeah. happens to be really good at acting <laughs> <laughs> yes 
And do do you think that that's the reason why so many idiots <laughs> have it out for her? Because like the, her first video has I think like one thousand five hundred upvotes and one thousand nay one hundred thousand one hundred fifty thousand upvotes one hundred twenty thousand downvotes. And there were like lots of people like commenting, oh, soon she will hide the, the upvotes and downvotes, and oh, the comments will be will be disabled soon. And then a lot of people, ah, oh, shame, it's a shame, oh, yeah, she will do that. And obviously she didn't do it. But, I think um, she has been really outspoken uh, against like shitty fans and stuff, and like just feminist issues in general. And I think hmm. people don't like that. I mean, she is a woman that's pretty contentious on the internet as well definitely yeah, but i mean i guess uh, i guess what's her name scarlett johansson didn't get quite the same treatment right uh, i think she's more agreeable to the nerds <laughs> yes <Yeah, she's, laughs> um she plays japanese women so well i just saw that it's like funny. even before captain marvel i know that there was a big outrage because she called out something or other and she spoke out yes she spoke when that, men didn't write the words. That's and, always a problem. <laughs> in the end, and I think it was, it just spiraled from there. Basically, she just was just a new problem. I guess, she, yeah, I, I'm sure she just didn't back down. I'm not even sure if she engaged much. She just hadn't, let me look that up quickly, what, what it was. I know that she had said something about abusive practices in Hollywood mm. or something. And oh, people right. took issues for some reason or other. Um, what was it? Outrage. You think I'm gonna find it if I search for outrage? I just remember like the collages of her, like with the same face, and she doesn't smile. That's that's <laughs> everything I really noticed about that, and I found it so funny because like how many men, uh, male counterpart people have the same expression. I mean, uh, I don't think like Arnold Schwarzenegger gets that amount of shit and he's literally like oh she was talking about underrepresentation in film criticism well, it's midnight in uh, South Korea mm -hmm. and should be going to bed now good to listen to your story have a good weekend guys bye well have Goodbye. a good night yes. thanks See for stopping guys. by <laughs> and join next week so yes. I can tell you about the mattress story <laughs> Yeah, we're about done anyway, so yeah. good night. But yeah, she was basically saying that uh, film criticism is too many white men. All right. And of course that outraged all the white men. What? What can <laughs> white men not? No. Now it's it. wrong, I'm being... Now I can't even be a critic. <laughs> Just because I'm a white man. Censorship. Oh, censorship, that's... <laughs> oh, man, what, what, what was that again? Uh, there was some something online, some... Ah, damn it, there was... Um... Okay, let me think. There was some political person who... No, the Beans, Goya Beans. So, the CEO of Goya Beans, I think. Okay. Um praised trump and so then he got shit for it people wrote him and he was all like i will not back down 
you cannot silence my speech. Like, nobody's <laughs> silencing your speech, man. They're just speaking to you. That's that's how speaking works. Like, one person, and then, and then yeah. you know, and then um, Ivanka Trump. I think Ivanka. No, what's the, the, the daughter? Yeah. Yeah. She, she uh, posted, he, she tweeted a post, tweeted, tw tweeted, Instagram, like, with the, with the Goya beans can and writing it, if it's good, it, if it's Goya, it has to be good and in two languages. And because she's employed as a, in, in the government, she's not allowed to do stuff like that, like endorse <laughs> products. <laughs> no, she has, has a, a problem there. Sure, that's <sighs> one. Nothing yeah, matters yeah. anymore. But that won't do it either. Yeah. If actual treason doesn't do it, then I guess nothing yeah. does. But yeah, free speech warriors have never been about free speech. It has always been about protection from criticism. I want to say what I can say, but I want to silence everyone yeah, else. Yeah, silence is because that's what they say. They say free speech when they want everyone else to shut up. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so... Is that it? Do we have something else that you want to? Oh, I mean, do you do you want to know about the Twitter hack? So, uh, some 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 hacker gained access to um, that's as far as I know. Like, I'm not sure how how accurate the statement is. So, um, please do research yourself. But there's only one person there, so who cares? Um, <laughs> who gained access to the admin panel? from the Twitter um, uh, employees mm -hmm. and managed to hack or to gain access to lots of famous people. Trump, uh, Trump? Mm -hmm. not Trump. That's, that's one thing I want to talk about, but um, he went to Elon Musk, Bill Gates, um, I think Kanye and a couple of others. Uh, and he he just tweeted like, "Hey, feeling generous today? Um, send me Bitcoin, and I will send you the double amount back." And I mean, uh, Elon Musk. That's that sounds like Elon Musk. He mm. he would do something like that, but obviously it's ridiculous. But then again, wouldn't it be great if they would do something like that? Like, let's pay a little bit back for the people. Just for 30 minutes, he, he wrote, and he just tweeted that, or she, who knows. Mm. Um, they, 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 yeah. Um, they just retweeted it, like, as, as soon as it got deleted, uh, <laughs> like, compromised lots of other um, famous people, Twitter accounts. And I thought it was kind of fun, except, obviously, a lot of people lost money with this. And it's Bitcoin, so they aren't getting it back anytime soon. Um, <laughs> that's, I guess, it kind of for me. It, it kind of feels like. I mean, it's 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 always the gullible people who get it, but if you w were so gullible to think that the rich people are getting you, giving you the money back, I don't think you deserve it. But <laughs> yeah. really think about <laughs> what you. What do you think the world is like? Yeah. They have the money. They could do with it. Sure. But they won't. Nope. Yeah, and Trump isn't, uh, tr Trump's account wasn't hacked because for a couple of accounts that are so, um, I guess, Prime targets. contentious, <laughs> they, 
they um, they prevent their own employees from accessing their account. Only like the top employee, like one or two, can access this. This is something I heard like banks do for like the big accounts. Mm. So uh, to minimize the risk that something like this happens. But isn't it funny that Trump, Trump got but Bill Gates. Trump is immune. Bill Gates, Kanye. No, I don't know. Well, I guess people hate Trump a lot more. Yeah. True, I guess. Well, as they should, I guess. I mean, all billionaires are terrible, but Trump is a particularly... Well, anywho. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. So, is that it? Well, let's keep some of the good stuff for next week. <laughs> some of the good mattress talk. All right then. Um, wait, let me throw up the the little thingy in the end. Thanks like. for listening. Oh, that's the wrong one. Yes. We are really happy about everyone, especially the new faces, especially the people who come regular. So especially everyone. Especially everyone. You know, it's hard to do like two hours, and I think we. Like to be more effective, we should probably do one hour only and we should move it so people get back from home and uh, from work and then they can listen to us at home. But um, I guess if you can't catch us live, we have this stuff on YouTube. You're probably listening on YouTube right now. Spotify and stuff. So Exactly. So, and we, uh, I don't know, two hours still feels good. Yeah, that's that's the amount of time that I always feel like talking. Yeah, <laughs> like I, I don't have to watch the clock to let this wind down at the right time. It just happens. Mm. So yeah, that's that's the best, best thing. And people can tune in for the first hour, can tune in for the second hour. There's something for everyone. <laughs> so yes, um, it's always different. It's not always um, uh, racism and domestic abuse i guess although i think one could make a case that this is really a podcast about racism talk about it <laughs> pretty that? much every episode uh, we are um yes we are recovering racism. recovering races so, we have to deal with this somehow so which if you missed the part in the beginning this is what i chose to start calling myself instead of calling myself woken i get better but like in recovering alcoholic being a recovering racist so I never day. forget that I have to work at this and never be satisfied that I have reached the goal. So, yes. But being comfortable with being imperfect. Yes. Being comfortable calling myself that even though I'm not happy, obviously, I'm very uncomfortable with it. Comfortable being uncomfortable. So, anywho. So, yes. Black lives still matter. Yemen is probably not resolved. I haven't checked, but I'm just guessing. Do things get better these days? Does anything? Nope. Nothing ever gets better. Well, on that cheerful note, yes. uh, join us next week. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thanks for joining us. Have a good day. Bye. Bye. -bye.